while you're turning to Matthew 14, I want to remind you again and again of Romans chapter 1, 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God and salvation. To who? To everyone who believes. The Jew first and the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I'm thinking it's to everyone. I'm thankful it's for everyone who believes. I told Sunday school class this morning, we discussed it with, I discussed it on the air with Brother Swaggart the other morning. They were talking about predestination, the doctrine of predestination and, and how People get it wrong. You know, people get it wrong. Both sides. There is a doctrine of predestination in this book. Hello? I'll get to Matthew in just a minute. There is a doctrine of predestination in this book because I want you to hear something. The plan of God for mankind was predetermined, predestined. Men are not predestined. Jesus died for whosoever will. Joel prophesied it, whosoever, their time will come when whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said it, whosoever will come and drink of the water of life freely. Then on Acts chapter 2, it was fulfilled that the day comes when whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when they said, what does this mean? And Peter stood up and said that this is that. This is it. Paul wrote to the Roman church. And it's, the gospel is for everyone who believes. Why am I telling you that? Because there's some people in this room maybe. Maybe you'll watch now, maybe you'll watch later. Somebody you run across. If we believe that men are predestined for wrath and, pre, and, and they're predestined for, for salvation and they have no role in it, they have no part to play, that they have no, then there's people that are born without hope. And I want to tell you this word says that he is the God of all hope. He's the God of all hope. And if you haven't yet, you're going to run into someone sometime that's going to come and tell you, I've went too far. I've done too much. I, I, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. God can't save me. And if we believe in, in, in the damnable doctrine of, of election in the, in the way of John Calvin, it's a damnable doctrine then you know what? I may not be able to look at that person and say, you haven't went too far. Because if I believe in predetermined election and predetermined wrath, then who am I to say that not? You're right. You're right. You've probably went too far. There may not be any hope for you. But whatever you know, that it was a plan of salvation. It was a predestination plan of salvation. Y'all, you're not hearing me tonight. Let me explain it to you one more time. That before God ever said, let there be anything. Before there was an earth to stand on. Before there was a man put on that earth to stand on. Before he was created perfectly and before he fell. There was a plan. There was a plan. How do I know? Because the prophet told us that he is the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before there was ever, a, before there was a man to fall, there was a plan to save him from the fall. It's important that you know because there's people that are hopeless and they're going to say, I went too far. But when you know that the plan was predetermined and it's for whosoever will, you can look them in the eye with assurance and say, there's no such thing as someone who's went too far. 
The only thing he can't deal with you with is if you choose not to believe. The only way thing you can deal with if you want to deny the, 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 the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, if you, want, if you want to deny the things of God, if you want to blaspheme the Spirit that brings you to it. But if you have a hungry heart that wants something new, something different, a change to be completely turned around, I'm going to tell you still today that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved shall be it's the most affirmative language in uh, word in the english language no room for wiggle shall be saved there's no such thing as a as a person who has went too far Corey ten boom used to say that there is no pit so deep that the love of god is not deeper still There's no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. And I told you the other night, some of you too, he reached his way down. He reached way down for me. Aren't you glad that he can reach? His book says that his ear is not dull. I don't know who's hearing me tonight. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. He said, I went too far. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. He says, my ear is not dull that I cannot hear. Did you hear me? He says, his ear is not dull that he cannot hear. And he says, my arm is not short that I cannot save. You call on him, he's going to hear you. And it doesn't matter how low you are or how far you've went, how far you've ran, his arm is not short that he can't reach in and grab you and bring you back. If you're breathing, you've got hope. If you're breathing, you've got hope. If you should find yourself in the pit of prison for the most horrendous crimes against humanity, that one could possibly imagine. However deep you can think, whatever's the worst you can think of, hear me. If you call on him, he will hear you. If you reach for him, he'll reach for you. Nobody's gone too far. Whosoever, we used to sing it, surely meaneth me. Surely meaneth me. When you were singing, there have been times I didn't do right. But he watched over me both day and night. John the Baptist has just been beheaded. And Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And now they're going out from the crowds. In Matthew 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. You hear what he's saying? He, he, as soon as the crowds were dispersed, as soon as the, the it, it said, well, let me tell you where they were at. It might be important. Because I got something to talk to someone about tonight. His ear's not dull that he cannot hear. His arm's not short that he cannot save. In this place where he fed the 5,000, it says, is this, in verse 14, it says, and this was a deserted place. And the hour was already late. I'm giving you context. Hear me. And this was a deserted place. And the hour was already late. Both 15. Verse 15. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place. And the hour is already 
late. Then we may go into the villages and buy food. It was already, it was a, they were already in a distant place. Before we ever get to where we're going, it was already distant and deserted. And it was already late. I'll submit to you this. We're in a distant place. And the hour is already late. And he fed the people. Verse 21. And now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. It says, and immediately. Hear me. It was already late. Are you hearing me? I need you to understand where we're at. It was already late. And immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him. He didn't go with them. Get in the boat and go to the other side. This is not the time where he's in the boat asleep and the storm came. Because in the, in the time that he was in the boat asleep and the storm came, he says, let us go to the other side. In this case, it says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. The hour's already late. While he, sent, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the, on the mountain by himself to pray. Listen, I'll just go ahead and throw in here. If Jesus needed to go away by himself to pray, there's going to be times that you need to get away by yourself and pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone, Jesus. But the boat, you remember the boat that he put them in? Do you, do, you, do you remember it's, it's already a deserted place? It's already late? Do you remember that he put them, he told them, he demanded, he told them, he commanded them to get into the boat and go without him? Do you know that he puts you in situations? Somebody hear me. Somebody hear me. Somebody hear me. Somebody hear me. They wouldn't call it a place. It wasn't some random occurrence. It was already late. It says Jesus commanded them, get into the boat and go ahead of me. I'm going to stay and pray. Remember where they're at. He says he was there alone. Jesus but, conjunction, the boat was now in the middle of the sea. They were in the middle of their problem. They were in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. It was already late. They were there at the command of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He put, church, hear me, he put them in the situation. Make no mistake. Let me just go ahead and say before we keep reading. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Even when you don't. While he's praying, they're in the night. While he's praying, they're caught in the waves. While he's praying, the winds have turned contrary. But let me hear you. Jesus is praying for them. I remember when he told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan has desired 
to sift you like wheat. He knew who Peter was. He knew what God was going to do with him. He knew what was ahead of him. Listen, just because God has a plan doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. And he put them in the situation, but while they're in the storm, he's praying. He's praying in the storm that he sent them into. Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. He said, but I have prayed the Father. But I have prayed the Father that you don't mess up. No. That you don't deny me. No. That you, that you from here on out, that you get it all right. No. Peter, Satan's going to try to sift you out. But I have prayed for you. He said, that your faith fail not. Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. Peter, Jesus is praying on the mountain. He, he's sending them into the storm that's going to test their faith. Oh, Peter's going to be involved in it again. Let me go ahead and tell you that we have a high priest. An eternal high priest. Let me go ahead and tell you that he says that this high priest is seated by the, at the right hand of the Father today. And he says he ever lives. Do you know he's alive? He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. And he's alive forever. He ever lives. And he ever lives for a purpose. He says, and he ever lives to make intercession for you. Where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the Father praying for you. He's seated as the high priest. I'll tell you, in the, in the temple and in the tabernacle, there was no chair in the Holy of Holies. There was no place for the high priest to sit down because the work was never finished. The work was never finished. The work was never finished. But on the cross at Calvary, where he made the perfect atonement, his, his dying words were, it is finished. And when he ascended and took his place, he sat down. Why? Because the work was done. But now what he does is make intercession for you and for me. He prays for you. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. And the wind was contrary. Have you ever been tossed in the waves? And the contrary wind. He watches over me. Both day and night. Boy, it struck me, Brandon. There have been times I didn't do right. But he watches over me. Both day and night. And in Luke's gospel, he talked about when he would come. And he says, if it's in the second watch. Or if it's in the third watch. He's coming for people who are looking. Amen. The second watch, 9 to midnight. The third watch, midnight to 3 o'clock. But when this whole thing started, it was already in a desert place and it was already late. And he went to pray and he put them in the boat. And it says, now in the fourth watch of the night. And the fourth watch of the night, that's 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., and it is literally where we get the saying, the cliche, the meaning of that it's darkest just before the dawn. 
It was in the latest and darkest time of the night. Keep in mind where they're at. You can, go to, you can go to these places now. You can go to the Holy Land now. You can go to Gennesaret. You can go to, uh, to Caesarea Philippi. You can go around that Lake of Galilee. The, uh, and, and you know what? There's going to be illumination everywhere because it's a modern age with power and electricity and, and tourists and everything else. But at that time, dark was dark. I've been, in, I've been out in the bush in Africa, where you've traveled out hours. And let me tell you something, dark is different in those situations. Dark is different. They're in the darkest hour in the latest of night and they're caught in the waves and the wind and the, and the contrary wind being tossed about in the very boat at the very time from, the, from, their, from their Lord and their Savior that sent them to do it. He said, and I'm going to pray. I'm trying to get you to hear something. Because life's not always easy when you're following him. And, and, and life's not always easy when you're obeying him. Sometimes he will send you straight into the storm. And I, but I can assure you of one thing. When he sends you into the storm, it's not to destroy you. When he sends you into the storm, it's not, so, it's not so he can panic you. When he sends you into the storm, he's got something to show you. And he's got something to demonstrate to you. I'm trying to tell you that there's times I didn't do right, but he watches over me both day and night. He's in the fourth watch of the night. In the fourth, now 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. <laughs> now think of that. Yeah, walking on the water. You ever tried it? And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. I thought, they're in the, they're in the storm. They're in the time. And that, they're, now they're crying out. They're not crying out for help. They're crying out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them. That's what he does. And he said, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. In the darkest night, in their fear, he says, it's me. In their storm that he sent them into, that he's prayed, he said, it's okay. I'm here. It's me. Do not be afraid. Are you in the storm? Tossed to and fro? Are you living? I need somebody to hear me tonight. Are you living for him? Living in obedience? doing everything you know to do to walk in obedience to him and you find yourself in the storm, you might ought to quit rebuking it. Because, and cry out, because he's going to speak to you in the darkest of your storm. Be of good cheer. What a thing for him to say. Be of good cheer. It's me. And Peter answered him. Oh, it's Peter. And said, Lord, if it is you. Now, that's not too convincing, is it? I've told you, when he puts you in the storm, it's, it's not to kill you. What did he pray for Peter later? Peter, I prayed the Father for you that you're faith fell not what do you think is going on here in this storm in the middle of the night in a desperate time now Peter says Lord if it is you bid me come Peter gets a bad rap can I tell y'all Peter gets a bad rap I'm about to get where Peter Peter gets a bad rap 
Does everybody always talk about Peter got his eyes off the Lord and sank? And I got a question for you. Have you ever walked on water? Even for a second? Ever? I want you to notice in, in Peter's words, there, there's not absolute certainty. that, Lord, if it is you, bid me come. So he said, Jesus said what? Come. You know why? He's already said it's me. Don't be afraid. Fear not, for it is I. Lord, if it is you. Well, I think that Peter needed to hear his voice. He just thought, if, if it's you, bid me come. I'm just wondering if it wouldn't come. <laughs> Maybe. Y'all, y'all, don't put it, y'all don't read with emotion and inflection? It's I, Peter. Be of good cheer. It's me. Lord, if it's you. Man, I could preach right there a second. You praying to hear God's voice. You praying to hear from the Lord. You tried to be in his will. He said, it's me. Oh, if it's you. If it's you. If it's you. Bid me come. 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 And when Peter came down out of the boat, he walked on the. When Peter came. When Peter. I don't know if Peter. I guess he sees this thing walking on the water, Jesus walking on the water, and he thinks, if that's you, I can do it too. I don't know. It doesn't say that, but he said, if, it, if it's you, bid me come. It says, but he said, come, and, and, when Peter ca- and when Peter came down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. In the storm, in the dark of night, in the contrary wind, still asking questions, if it's you. It says, and Peter came down from the boat. When he, came, when he came down from the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. Wow. But when he saw the wind, see the wind was still blowing. Don't criticize Peter. Don't criticize Peter. I, I haven't walked. I don't have. I don't haven't walked on the water. I think you know what? If I if I could get a little pool about that big, just that big, and I could take two steps from here to there and and not sink in that water, this place would explode. I don't have to walk to the back door on water. If I could walk through a wash tub on water. Much less on a stormy sea in the middle of the night. Peter got his eye, he got his eye on the situation. I'll remind you, the psalmist says that a father pities his children. He, our father pities us. Why? He remembers that we're just dust. Because I think it's pretty interesting what happened. You know, uh, well, you messed up. You got your eyes on the storm. You're, You're done. Du- no, I, there's something right here. There's something right here. Are, you, are y'all Okay. Come, when Peter, but when Peter saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out. Now, no, I, you missed something. I've already, you missed it. 
When in the world have you ever began to sink? I want to see you walk on the water. And when you get on top of it, I want you to begin to sink. Because I know if I walk off the boat out here in the Gulf of Mexico or in Sabine Lake and it's, and it's 500 feet deep somewhere out there, when I walk out, I'm not going to begin to sink. I'm going to go whoop. Exactly. Whoop. What was holding Peter up in the world to begin with? Faith. Power of God. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't go from up here to boop. The wind was howling. It was blowing. What was Jesus doing? See, showing him what faith was, what faith would do. Even in the darkest night and the, and the hardest storm. I got news. They couldn't see nothing. Except Jesus walking on the water. Thought it was a ghost. Peter walks out. Walks, walks, boop, 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 boop. Walks to Jesus. Oh, that wind. Oh, that was a strong one. That, uh, ooh, ooh, that, that scares me to death. And began to sink. Began, it says beginning to sink. You know what? I don't have any criticism for Peter. Because when he got his eyes off Jesus, when he got his eyes on the storm, and it says he was beginning to sink because something was still holding him up. Because he, he began to sink. He didn't go bloop. He, just, he said he began to sink. And when he began to sink, he says, and Peter cried out, saying, Lord, save me. You know what he's saying? Help! Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Are you hearing? You know what he showed him? I put you in a storm. You said, if it's me, let me come. Come. You walked out in the storm, on the water. You got a little shaken, but you said, help me. And Jesus said, no, sorry. Did you not see you were walking on the water? Why in the world would you doubt you were walking on the water? Nope, not helping you, Pete. And immediately, Peter says, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And he said to him, oh, you of little faith. Did I tell you in the beginning what Jesus was doing? Does the context bear it out, what Jesus was doing? Do you understand they were already in a desert place? It was already late. Jesus is, I'm, I'm going to go pray, but I'm going to send them into the storm. What was he doing? Testing faith. But you know what else he was doing? He was building faith. He was building faith. I want, hear me, hear me. Hear me. You don't go through nothing. You're not going to believe for anything. The more you go into and the more you come out of, the more you trust Him. You get to a place, you can get to a place where you say, Lord, I don't know if you put me in this storm or if I'm being attacked from every side, but my eyes are on you. It's late, I'm tired, I can't see anything, the storm is raging, it's terrible. Lord, save me immediately. He says, Peter, you have little faith. He didn't say no faith. Oh, you of little, he didn't say he was faithless. He just, wa he just walked on water. 
said, if you have faith even as a grain of mustard seed, you'll speak to this mountain and say, move from here to here. And it will do it. He's not talking about moving Mount Everest. He's talking about the mountains in your life. The insurmountable circumstances. The things that you have no control over and you can't move. The same mountains that he was talking about in Zechariah chapter 3. Whenever he said, this is the word of the Lord and to Zerubbabel. That it's not by might. That it's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. He says, Zerubbabel, he said, you will come out and you will put the capstone on this thing. This, he said, before this, he said, before you, this mountain what was the mountain? They'd been in captivity. The temple was destroyed. The walls were down. Seventy years, it was laid in ruins. The walls of the city were down. The temple was on the ground. There was no place to worship. He's called, he's called Zerubbabel to rebuild the temple. And, it's, and they're opposing him on every hand. The, enemy, the enemies are coming against him on every side. And it doesn't look like they can do it. And the, and the Spirit of God says, Zerubbabel, you will finish it. Because that's what he meant. That's what he meant when he said, you're going to lay the capstone. That meant the final piece, the last piece of this thing, you're going to do it. You're going to put the capstone on it. It looks like a mountain now. It says, but before you. Who's he talking to? Zerubbabel, the one that he called to do it. He said, before you, this mountain shall become a plain. It's going to go from this to level. You're going to do it. How? By crying grace, grace unto it. Remember what it is. You know what? Faith, it came by faith. faith. It's, it, I'm saved by grace through faith. You felt Little faith. I, I, I just realized. I just realized that right there, boop, light bulb. Do you know what Peter was? You know what was holding Peter up? Came through faith. It came through faith. Do you know what was holding Peter up? Grace. It was grace. It came. It's everything God does. Is by, through his, by grace through faith. How do I know that? What is grace? Grace is God doing in me, through me, for me, by me what I don't have the ability to do myself. I don't have the ability to walk on water, neither did Peter. But he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And he, he said, it's come. Faith arose in his heart and he stepped out and when he stepped out on water, grace put his hand underneath him and held him up. You know what made him begin to sink? It was still grace. Because without it, he boop. And the word of God's consistent. The mountains become plains by grace to it. What is that? He said, you're going to do it. You're going to finish it. How? The grace of God. It'll be by the grace of God because you believe him. It'll be by the grace of God. It won't be because you're talented. And it won't be because you're smart. It won't be because you're educated. It won't be because you got money. He don't mind if you're smart, educated with money. But he can do it with a dummy. He sure can. I know that because he shook the whole world. And it says when Peter and John stood before the, the magistrates and, 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 the, and the judges, it says that they perceived of Peter and John that they were ignorant and unlearned men. He says, but they knew that they had been with Jesus. <laughs> they knew that they had been with Jesus. The word's not putting a premium on ignorance. He's telling you it's by grace through faith. <laughs> How's he going to do it? How's he going to save your family? By grace. Same as he does everybody else. For it's by grace we are saved. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. It's by grace through faith. When you believe, grace comes. Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Come. Oh, the storm, I'm sinking. 
Help me. Immediately, help came on his way. Oh, you of little faith. Not no faith. Not faithless Peter. He wasn't faithless Peter. He was little faith and he was taking him to bigger faith. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Somebody, you missed it. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. How you get more faith? Listen and do it. Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got back, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Doesn't say Jesus commanded the wind to stop. None of that stuff. The storm, the wind, the boisterous sea was for Peter. It was for Peter. It was by design. It was orchestrated. And it wasn't to destroy him. It was to build him. I can tell you the greatest test of Peter's faith wasn't walking on the water that night. That's not when it happened. I believe the greatest test of Peter's faith come after betrayal, after he went back to fishing. And one morning, again, they didn't know who it was. Do you remember a time? See, he didn't know. They thought it was a ghost on the sea. There come another time when Jesus has been crucified. Peter has denied. He's ran off into the night. He's gone back to fishing. And on one early one morning, they, they're fishing, and there's a man on the bank that has a fire, that has bread and fish on the fire. And they, can't, they don't know who it is, and they get a little closer, and it's Peter who said, I think it's him. I think it's him. It's the Lord. And it says, Peter dove in, Head for, I believe that was the moment that he had been tested for. That was the moment. That is the why I send you into the storm and tell you to walk out. It's the, well, it's the reason that he says, Peter, the Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. The sifting came when he was denied, when he couldn't stand with him and for him. When he couldn't even say to a little girl, I know him. He was in the sift. But you know where Jesus was? He prayed for him. I prayed for you that your faith fail not. What was it about again? His faith. Last he seen him. As far as I could see, he was in the garden. Peter didn't go to the cross. He wasn't there. Sure, he heard the news. They killed him. He's denied him. And then on an early morning, there he found his heart's desire. (laughs) Bread and fish were upon the fire. You know, come and dine. The master is calling. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Where did we start tonight? He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now. Come and dine. 
The disciples came to land, thus obeying Christ's command. Yes. But the master called unto them, come and dine. Some of the best theology ever written on paper. There they found their heart's desire. Bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfies the hungry every time. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now. Come and dine. I believe that was the moment that faith came back to Peter. Big faith. The kind of faith that the very man that couldn't deny, couldn't even admit he knew him, could stand in the temple amongst everyone and declare that this is that, which the prophet Joel has spoken. And he, he could look at all around him and say, this Jesus whom you crucified has been made both Lord and Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, all those who are far off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. You know where it started? He didn't get there because he knew the right people and hung with the right crowd and ate at Jesus' table. He got there because he went through the storms with him. He got there because he seen him even when he began to sink that he could call on him and he would immediately come. He got there when he was in the sifting, but he prayed for him. He got there because whenever he called him from the, from the shore when he wasn't even sure who he was, he said, come and eat. And he dove head first into the water. And he said, it's the Lord and headed towards him immediately. And that is how. That is how. He went from shaky to bold. That is how. Then after that, everywhere he went, they would try to lock him up. They'd say, don't you preach in his name. He says, it says, and Peter, being full of the Holy Ghost, stood and declared to them, <laughs> what, should I obey God, man rather than God? Are you kidding me? He says, we cannot help but preach in his name. And then they lay, lay stripes on them and beat them and send them out no more. And it says they left rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer for him. They throw him in jail again and they lock him between soldiers. And the angel comes walking in at night and, and, and takes the chains off and walks in through the gates. And he shows up at the prayer meeting where they're praying for his release and knocks on the door and said, You know, it's me. It's me. I'm back. They go looking for him. Go get that guy we locked up. And they go to get him. He ain't there. He ain't there. No, don't get hard on Peter. Because he began to sink. Because when you begin, listen to Peter. Learn from Peter. When you began to sink, cry out to the one who can stretch out his hand immediately and raise you back up and walk you back to safety. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Trust and obey. There's no other way. <laughs> to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. When you walk with the Lord in the light of his word. Can't remember the next line. <laughs> We're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray tonight. Are you in the storm? 
Can I give you an assurance, a promise? Well, you don't like those promises. I can tell you one of three things is happening in your life. You're either in a storm, heading out of a storm, or heading into a storm. Every one of us, without exception, you're either heading into a storm, in the middle of a storm, or you're walking out of a storm. Let me tell you something. Get used to it. I'm preaching to me. You know what? The storms hit. Sometimes the storms hit hard and fast. And the count when he got in the boat with him, went to sleep. It said it just come out of nowhere. Just a storm. He's teaching us how to handle it. He's even telling, perhaps I sent you that way. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Peter, why did you doubt? But he wasn't really chastising him. It was, I got you. I got you. You know why? So the next time, he builds on those things. Stand with me. Come on. We're going to pray. Just come on. All through that, you know what Jesus was doing while they were in the boat praying? You know what he's doing when he was headed to Calvary? Praying. You know what he was doing in the garden? Praying. You know what they were doing in the upper room? Praying. You know what they were doing? You know what Cornelius was doing and he didn't even know him? Praying. You know what they were doing when Peter was locked up? Praying. You know what happened? When they prayed, when they what? When they prayed, the place was shaken. They were praying. We're going to pray.